perfect will of God. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that Jesus teaches us to pray is this. Uh, one of the kids, who can tell me, what did Jesus teach us to pray? What was one of the first things Jesus taught us to say when we pray? Anybody? Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Then it moves on to this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to think about that, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Dialogue with me. What do you think that part of the prayer means? Your kingdom come, your will be done. What was that? Heaven can be on earth. In what way? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Huh? Not just talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's also talking about the dominion and the authority of God. We're saying, oh God, Jesus taught us to pray. Just as in heaven, order and things are in order and what you say is, is done. Your sovereignty and, and, and people obey you. Your, your angelic beings obey you. God, we pray that that reality would be here on earth. And some would say, well, heaven doesn't have perfect obedience. Look at Lucifer. He rebelled against God in the midst of being in heaven with the Lord. But the reality is that there was perfect order and that perfect judgment was carried out immediately when Lucifer rebelled against God, right? So your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, actually puts you and I at a place where we're actually praying, God, we want to perfectly walk out your path. We want to be 100% obedient. We want to listen to you as if, you know, uh, we want to listen to you as your angelic beings listen to you. We want to be in that perfect order. And I don't know about you, but that prayer is intimidating for me, right? I think about that and I think about the many times I fall short and I'm like, man, I, I want to be perfectly obedient, but I know that that doesn't happen all of the time. So uh, the perfect will of God falls in that. As we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's basically saying, God, we want your perfect will to be done. And we absolutely can take ourselves out of that equation. We become a part of that equation. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are including ourselves. We're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done in me as it is in heaven. So when I think about that, I think, wow, that's, that's an intimidating reality. And so I've talked to many brothers and sisters in Christ who have always asked the question or always had turmoil about the issue of perfect will, how to understand God's perfect will for someone's life, whether they're looking for God's perfect will in a relationship or God's perfect will in an occupation or God's perfect will in regards to a ministry or God's perfect will or whatever it, it may be. People are concerned about this perfect will of God. How do we know that we're walking in the perfect will of God? I think some people are so concerned that they're stifled, right? That it's almost as if they're not moving forward because they're intimidating and taking a step forward. And then there are some people who may think that they're so self-righteously self that they're walking so much in the perfect will of God that they may take for granted, you know, how much the perfect will of God is about a day at a time, honoring and obeying the Lord. So today I want to talk to you about this by, by looking at a common scripture that we may know and we may have not considered as a scripture that deals with understanding God's perfect will for our life. And so Matthew chapter 6, 25 on down, reads this way. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body 
what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet you are he- your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Stop right there. Are you not much more valuable than they? Okay. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now in that verse, uh, 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 Jesus is referring to Solomon the king. And he, he's referring also to, the, to those around them. Some suspect Pharisees and the way that they dress so, so that they would be recognized by the people. So verse 30. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Another translation would say the Gentiles, meaning those who don't follow God. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Thank you, God, for your word. Uh, Thank you for your faithful here. I pray that you would give us clarity to understand today your word as we move forward, Father God, here today. And Lord, give me the anointing not only to preach it, but to receive it, Lord, and, and to walk in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, living in the perfect will, living in God's perfect will. So how do we know that we are, number one, living in God's perfect will, doing the thing that God has wants us to do, that we're taking the steps that honor God? Here, Jesus is talking about the things that most of us worry about. These are things that we have to kind of, in a sense, be concerned about. We have to eat. We have to have something to put on, right? We have to take care of ourselves. And these are the kind of things that, you know, are on a daily basis, our basic needs. And so here, what Jesus is saying is he's painting this picture to us in the way that we ought to live in regards to our basic needs. Number one, God knows what you have need of, right? So walking in the perfect will, when I look at this, I see one thing. If you and I are going to learn to walk in God's perfect will, if we're going to live our lives in a way that honor God, the first thing that I think we need to do is that we need to recognize the provider, and we need to recognize his provision. Are you with me? Making a step towards walking in God's perfect will or living a life that's honoring to God begins by recognizing the provider and recognizing what he's provided, recognizing the provision. In other words, you're walking in God's perfect will because he's provided for you grace. You are saved by grace. The Lord Jesus Christ not only saved you by grace, but the scriptures tell us that he's given you everything you need for life and godliness, right? So everything you need in this life, God has given you. Number one, we have to recognize that he reveals himself to us as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And for us men, well, I would say most of us, we have to learn to make that shift. We think that we have to hustle and bustle and go about our business to provide for ourselves. But as believers, we recognize, Jesus, you are our provider. God, you are our provider. So I'm going to make decisions of integrity and ethical decisions in my workplace, with my taxes, with my life, because I do not provide for myself. 
you are my provider. Can I get an amen? Right? So, number one, we have to recognize that if we forge our own path, then we eliminate the Lord from providing his grace to provide for us. Are you with me? Walking in the perfect will recognizes he is our, recognizes, number one, he is our provider. And then we recognize another part, what he's provided. His provision for the moment. And what he provides, we are to be thankful for. Man, I, don't, I know that there are times in my life when what God's provided seems not enough. I'm like, God, this is not enough. I need more. I need more. But I have to recognize that part of my consumer American mind always wants more. And if I fall, in, if I am entrapped to that entitlement that makes me think that I need to keep up with um, the whoever, uh, I'm not going to say the Joneses because I have Joneses here. You know? <laughs> but, you know, if I <laughs> kind of made it worse, didn't I? So, you know, uh, you know but if I, if, I, if I try to keep up with the flow of things, right, and, and I fall into that entitlement, I'm not going to have a heart of thanksgiving towards what God has already provided. Are you with me? It's hard to be praiseful or to be thankful when I'm always short by my neighbor's measurement, right? When I'm always comparing myself to others and what they have, it's really hard to have a thankful heart. Kind of remember, um, I had, uh, uh, I I remember uh, one of my children just really having a hard time with this. It was never enough, right? It was just never enough. Well, we were in Kalahari. We were only there two days. I wanted to be more. You tried the best, you know, everything that you could to just make this one individual in my family happy, but it was just never enough. And, you know, I realized that God was teaching me something there. You know, that really is a reflection of your heart too, Carlos. It's not just your child, right? But, but you know, are you crucifying that and learning to be content in life and with what I've given you? Are you learning to walk out in that contentment? You know, uh, I heard the story of a man who was in the, uh, caught in the Holocaust camps. And while he was there, uh, he suffered great things. But he was, you know, he, he made it out and he found himself in, a, in, a, in an auditorium where there were kids that were playing a Beethoven piece. And they were trying to figure out this Beethoven piece, but they couldn't figure it out just right. Then all of a sudden, this old man who was a Holocaust survivor went up to the keys and he began to play the keys. And he played this piece incredible. And the student said, how do you know this piece? And he said, well, when I was at Holocaust, when I was at the camps, I had a piece of board and I made believe it was a piano. And I played this piece every single day that I was in that camp and it kept me sane. The Lord provided that man a piece of board that he was grateful for. That kept them day after day. What has God provided you for that you can be thankful for right now? Right? What has God given you to sustain you through the trials of life right now? And are you thanking him for those things? So walking out the perfect will of God begins by recognizing that he is our provider and that his provision is good enough. Amen? His provision is good enough. Secondly, walking out or living the perfect will of God, it's about understanding primarily our worth in Christ, right? So number one, we walk the perfect will of God by understanding that he provides everything we need and what he provides is good. Then secondly, walking out the will of God, walking in the perfect will of God, recognize it, recognize it. We recognize who we are in Christ, 
This is so vital. Notice what the Bible says. Jesus speaking, he says, look at the birds, man. Aren't they amazing? Isn't it amazing how God provides for them? Look at the grass. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And yet God dresses them. God takes care of them. Aren't you of greater worth than they? Are you not of greater worth? Here is something that I think we need to park at. You are valuable to God. You are worth it all to God. Are, Are you with me? It's hard to walk out in the perfect will of God when we have this idea that, oh, God's not pleased with me. Oh, God doesn't love me. I've got to find him somehow, but he's making himself so difficult to find. Uh, maybe he's just not for me. Maybe it's for so-and-so, but not for me. When you have those thoughts, it's going to be very difficult to take a step of faith. The walk of faith begins by recognizing he is Jehovah Jireh. He provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's provided everything I need. And because of that, I know that I know that I am worth it all to him. To him, I'm valuable. And even though I don't value myself today, I am learning to value myself because he does. And his judgment is greater than mine. Are you with me? Man, I know what it is to go through day by day not feeling valuable. Not feeling worth it. Not feeling like, uh, you know, I matter much. And so I have to learn to submit my mind to the cross. I got to learn to submit my mind to what Jesus says. And I got to learn to receive his love and allow his mind to transform my mind. In my journal, I got all these verses that, you know, all these statements about what the Bible says about who I am. And I, and I read those things when I'm going through. I'm just reading them so I remind myself that according to the scriptures, you and I are the righteousness of God. According to the scriptures, you and I are more than conquerors. According to the scripture, greater, scripture, greater is he that lives in us than him that lives in the world. According to the scriptures, in this world we'll have much trouble, but he overcame the world, and because he overcame, we'll overcome. Amen? According to the scriptures, I can come to him, and I don't come to him as God, but I can call him Heavenly Father. According to the scriptures, he's given me a spirit, not of condemnation, but a spirit that instructs me and teaches me to walk in his way according to the scriptures i'm already a winner i just got to walk out this victory that he's laid before me according to the scripture not even death has power over me because i will raise to new life are you with me i gotta receive this stuff and it's like therapy for me right this is my medication and i need to take it regularly I need to submit my mind to the word of God. I am the righteousness of God. He calls me his beloved. I am his royal priesthood. Though crippled and disabled spiritually, he makes me able. Are you with me? So number one, walking out the perfect will of God. If we're going to take one step of faith, we got to learn to accept and believe and receive. Man, I'm, I'm valuable to him. I am so valuable to him. He gave everything for me. Let's just move forward. Walking out the perfect will begins by recognizing the provider and his provision and giving praise. Secondly, we living in the perfect will of God grows by knowing our self-worth in Christ. And then the last point I want to share with you is this. Living out or walking out the perfect, walking out the perfect will of God is not about an occupation. It's more about what we occupy ourselves with, okay? Walking out the perfect will of God, living in the perfect will of God, making sure that we're keeping on that path that God is pleased. It's not really about an occupation as much as it is what we occupy ourselves with. 
Let me explain that. Oftentimes people say, man, I don't know if this is the will of God for me. I don't know if God wants me to go into ministry or I don't know if this is the job for me. And I would say, you know, there, there's a, a, a huge portion of people who are almost just waiting for things to happen in the future, right? They're just, they kind of look at the perfect will of God as something that's going to happen in the future. Oh, in the future, I'm going to be this. Or in the future, I'm going to be here. Or next year, I'm going to be here. Or this is going to happen, right? And we look at the perfect will of God as something that is ahead. Instead of looking at the perfect will of God as something that is right now. You with me? The perfect will is right now. So if, it doesn't matter if God called you to be a pastor. It doesn't matter if God called you to be a missionary. It doesn't matter if God called you to be a banker. It doesn't matter if you are the greatest accountant in the world if you're not living out obedience one day at a time. Are you with me? The perfect will of God is not just about an occupation. Perfect will of God is about obeying one day at a time. What has God put before you today to do to walk according to his will? Jesus said, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all other things will be added onto you, right? Again, talking about the things that we worry about, the things of this life. And he says, don't worry about those things. Worry about first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added to you. Matthew Henry described the kingdom of God and his righteousness this way. The kingdom being our perspective and our vision is what and what we look forward to right we're looking forward to being in heaven with god are you still looking forward to that are you still looking forward to being in the presence of god forever that is our vision that is what we put our hopes and our chips and our investments all on heaven right and then the highway to that vision is holiness which is righteousness Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom reflects the vision that we need to have. And the righteousness reflects the road of holiness that we're supposed to walk on to get there. Are you with me? Are you with me so far? So, what does it mean? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It means this. Seek first to do the will of God. Seek first to do his will, to fulfill his desires. And focus on the works of Christ, the righteousness of God, the things that he's trying to live out through you. Are you with me? That makes sense? So as we look at the perfect will of God and walking out the perfect will of God, I want us to just keep this in mind. Living in the perfect will of God has less to do with an occupation, and it has more to do with what we occupy ourselves with today. What are we doing today? Finally, there are many of us who are probably... I know that there are some brothers and sisters who I've talked to who said, well, the perfect will was for something yesterday. I'm too old. I miss the will of God. You know, I, I haven't lived my life in a way that's pleasing to him. And they're almost depressed, you know, over this reality. Just kind of accepted or succumbed to this idea that, well, I guess I have to live to the per, uh, under the permissive will of God, what God's permitted. And I think that's garbage, okay? Can I say... I really think that's garbage. Because if you look at Abraham, did Abraham make a lot of mistakes? He did, right? Did he fulfill God's will for his life? He absolutely did. Were there mistakes along the journey? Yes. Was he in God's perfect will? Absolutely. That, was, that guy's called a friend of God. Did he make mistakes? Yes. Is there a man here who can say they won't make mistakes in the midst of the journey of faith? There's no one. Does it mean that now we're going to go without reverence and make mistakes because uh, we're, there's not going to be some serious consequences? No. But, but here's, here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. God's perfect will begins right now. 
don't get so concerned with yesterday's mistake and yesterday's shortcoming to the point that you think that God doesn't have a purpose for you today. God has a purpose and a dream for you today. Are there mistakes that have broken your heart from the past? Yes. Are there mistakes that you've made that has broken God's heart? Yes. But here's the love of God. His mercy is beyond your judgment. And today there's a perfect will. Today begins a day where you can walk in God's perfect will. Do not arrest yourself to this point where you're like, well, there is no way that God, you know, that God can use me today because of the mistakes I made yesterday. Absolutely not. All he's looking for is a broken heart. A broken heart. And you know what, I, you know what the Bible says? He never rejects a broken heart. He never turns away from a man who has a contrite heart. A woman who has a broken heart. So that's your only requirement. Do you want to walk out in God's perfect will? Don't look at the past and don't look too far in the future. Just take it one day at a time. Just take it one day at a time and come before him with a broken heart. He can use that. He can do mighty things there. Are you with me? He can restore incredible dreams there. He can give life there. Amen. Would you stand with me? If I were honest with you, I would tell you that I've made mistakes in life that would cripple me if I focused on them. Are you with me? If I were to focus on the things that I've done wrong, I will find myself utterly useless, right? But I choose not to because the Bible teaches me, Jesus says, you're valuable to God. You're valuable to him. He's going to provide for you. And he says, focus on this. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added on to you. Now that scripture obviously teaches us primarily not to be anxious about the things of this world. Not to be concerned about these things of this world. But I think something deeper that it teaches us is this. God's in control. God is in control. He finds us valuable. And the perfect will of God is found in that one sentence. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things will be added to you. Don't worry about everything, anything else. Just today as you get up in the morning. You get up in the morning. You got up today. You're thinking. This is, this is the thought we need to have. Is Okay. Obedience Lord. Today I want to be about your purpose. Today I want to be about your works. That's it. And I, I am completely convinced that you will not believe the momentum there will be in your life a month from now. If every day you get up and you say, okay, today I want to be about your business. I want to be about your purpose. The people that you will touch, the lives that will change, and the clarity for, for the future that will come to your life. You may find yourself a year from now saying, I never believed that I'd be here. Because God favors those who focus on His purpose. Amen? On His purpose. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You. Uh, Lord, I just want to right now cancel 
any doubt that has crippled us from believing that the perfect will of God was for yesterday. The perfect will of God is for today. For every broken man and woman who comes before you and says, I want to be about your business and about your purposes. Lord God, as we uh, come before you, I just pray for clarity right now over your church. I thank you for hope to fill again where, there was, uh, where, where we were hopeless, Lord. And I thank you, God, that today there will be people who say, I am walking in the perfect will of God because I am about his business right now. I am about his business at this moment, one day at a time, one day at a time. Lord, and I thank you for the calling. There are some of us here who have received certain calls or know without a doubt that there is either ministry or certain occupation in the world that you've given us, that you've uh, given us favor. And I thank you for all that. I thank you for all that. But I thank you for giving us the grace to focus on one day at a time instead of rushing things, just trusting you, trusting in your provision, the way that you provide, trusting in you, surrendering this to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, right there in our seats, maybe, uh, maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, um, you know, I haven't made much about the provider and what he's provided. I haven't had a thankful heart for the way that he's provided for me. And I, and I want to I begin to walk out God's perfect will by being thankful for who he is and what he's given. Would you raise your hand with me if that's you? Amen. 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 Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I, I'm the, I am the one that needs to hear that the perfect will of God is one day at a time. And today I, I, I receive that. Today I make a commitment to living out God's perfect will one day at a time. Obeying one day at a time. If that's you, would you raise your hand with me right where you're at? Amen. Amen. Lord, right now I speak life. I speak vision. I declare hope and joy over your church. One day at a time. I, I pray, God, let this, let this statement be deep within our womb spiritually. Let it birth out fruit that gives you glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, God, that we will be focused on meeting you face to face and walk the road of holiness one day at a time, one day at a time. Lord, I, I, I speak life. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your favor over your church. And, Lord, I thank you that perfect will is possible because you are, your sacrifice is perfect, because your bloodshed was perfect, because you perfect us according to your will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you today. The altars are open. If you need prayer today, love, I'd love to pray with you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.